Hi, this is Sam Lagana with the Los Angeles Rams. Who's house? You're listening to the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. Undenied worldwide, the Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any better than this. Let's go Rams! Hello and welcome back to another LA Rams UK Podcast. Uh, this is Aaron. I'm back after a couple of weeks off um can't quite say i'm rested but i'm back and uh funny enough uh we're recording this episode i've been told on international podcast day so who would have thought that was a thing but joining me tonight uh we have jordan how's it going yeah not bad and rob is joining us tonight hey folks how you doing now the rams find themselves two and one after a heartbreaking comeback uh, that didn't quite go our way. Serves up our first loss of the season on the road to Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, Jordan's stat at the, in the intro of last week's podcast, where the Rams were five and zero on the ten a.m. body clock, uh, has dropped us down to five and one now uh, due to this game. But we did see a score of over thirty points from us, so you know there's a positive. Um, so we will tuck into the Bills game in a second, uh, but of course uh, we need to look at our group's predictions of week three of the Sky Games, uh, as well as uh, this week's games. Uh, And then we'll move, obviously, on into week four's game that sees us return home to SoFi Stadium on Sunday against the Norton Free Giants, 0-3, however you want to say. We will then take a look at all your questions uh, that we have sent to us. So, Sunday's game, let's let's start with you, Jordan. I mean, it had everything, didn't it? Yeah, just about. Um, obviously, can take the first half as a as a whole, and it just it wasn't wasn't pretty at all on either side of the ball. To be honest, um, you know, I think what was it twenty eight three at the half, or as close as anyway. Um, it certainly got to got to that stage twenty one three at the half. It was so, you know, not not great um, from that perspective. But the second half was was completely different. Obviously, you have the absolutely massive comeback it was 29 unanswered points and then you know kind of throw it away at the end so I think although you can obviously say the the end feeling is disappointment there's a, there's a lot of positives to take from it as well um, obviously the way the comeback happened again we spoke last week on the podcast about how easy it looked when we scoring points um in Philadelphia and you know it kind of looked just as easy in that second half in, in Buffalo um, you know the we've seen this team kind of capitulate when when they go behind by quite a bit you know you think back to the Ravens game last year and even the Cowboys game last year they, they kind of fell apart um, when they went behind that that obviously didn't happen so it's encouraging from that point of view um, encouraging as well that, that McVeigh didn't Abandon the run, which we've seen happen numerous times as well. You know, with thirty-two run plays, thirty-two pass plays. Um, although I think maybe a couple of those were scrambles from from Jared Goff, the rushes. Mm. But um, you know, a balanced offense, even though you were behind by you know twenty-five points at one point. So I think there's a lot a lot of encouragement to to take from the game. To be honest, even though the the end feeling is obviously disappointment. I think watching the game when was twenty-five points uh, out you saw I mean obviously apart from being confused like what is going on it, there's part of you that's like well, you can't come back from this but football now now well 
always seems to surprise us and it just shows you that you're never really out of a game even 25 points down um and uh yeah it was it was it was an interesting game to watch so i think it was an emotional roller coaster uh from completely almost feeling like giving up on the game not that i'd ever turn it off but and then just like you know off your seat sort of cheering them on because it's just you couldn't believe it It was almost like uh a fairy tale, it was, you know, in the way they came back. But uh, I think you put something on um, social media where you said about you're much happier, Jordan, with this team being two and one than we were three and zero. Oh. And funny enough, I think uh, McVeigh actually came out with the same thing. So there you go, mindset as McVeigh. <laughs> uh, Rob, what are your initial sort of thoughts on on the game? Do you know, it was almost the greatest Rams comeback of all time, really, wasn't it? You know, having followed the team, you know, for, for 30 plus years, um, I've, I've seen a few comebacks, but nothing like that. Um, you know, five minutes into the third quarter, you know, and we actually go down, you know, to, to 28-3. Um, there just looked to be no way back. And, and there looked to be nothing from the team to suggest that a comeback would, would be actually on the cards. Um, I think the, the, one of the defining moments of the game for me was when we actually went for it on fourth down um, and we didn't get it and as I say then the, the, the Bills went straight down the park shortly after that and, say, and scored to make it 28-3 and I'm sure that most Ramos fans were thinking you know we're in for a long day and this could potentially be a blowout um, and that's exactly how it looked at that point um, and then to, then for the, the, the game to pivot um, the, the offence to kick in and uh, and to take the lead late um, was just just absolutely amazing. Um, um, the the roller coaster of emotions I actually went through watching the game, um, and then to, and then to lose it right at the end. Um, I think actually if they had, if they had actually won the game, and, and it's, it still will be one of the fav- one of my favourite games I've ever watched as a Rams fan. Um, I think if we'd actually won that game, I, I'd probably put it up there in my top three. Um, and I've literally watched hundreds of Rams games down the years, so I have so. Um, that, that's what I kind of took from it. You know, McVeigh said, you know, as, as you were saying there, Jordan, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's they've learned that they're never out of a game. And I think that was the big thing I took from it. You know, that as late in the game as it was, you know, about five minutes into the third quarter, and they, they can turn a, you know, a, a big lead like that on its head and, and almost pinch it at the death, you know. So um, just a roller coaster. And, and, and the, the very reason that we watch this game, um, because it can be that, that, that exciting and it can turn just like that. Yeah, I think it was so like. I think it's four minutes or just under five minutes, sorry, that we actually got our first touchdown in the third quarter to make it 28-10. And that's when it all sort of started going our way, unanswered points, as Jordan mentioned earlier. Uh, What do you think happened? I know we've always been good at halftime sort of adjustments, but halfway through the third quarter, it started kicking in for us. What do you think changed with our our defence? Because it, it seemed like... They just weren't on the same page. Like, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of their the players' responsibilities, but when I saw their first touchdown, Taylor Rapp just sort of wandering around, didn't seem to know <laughs> who he was supposed to be marking. And then there was the, I think, their third touchdown, where obviously with Josh Allen, he's he's a guy that likes to run, so they got to be aware of that, and he's often threatened to do that little shuffle pass when he does do his run. And there was another player wide open, no one on who just walked it in as well. So. Defensively, Jordan, was it, what do you think changed to, to, to be able to get to Allen more? Do you think the secondary just managed to stick to their men a bit better? Or you see anything else? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I think, obviously, 
communication's a big part of it. Um, things that we we don't hear or necessarily see. So I'm, you know, that's obviously improved, but obviously down towards the end of the game as well, it, it that kind of fell apart again. Um, so I don't I don't know. I think it was, you know, potentially just the 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 pressure that our offense was then putting on the Bills' offense to to try and come back out and score was possibly affecting them as well. Um, you know, to, you've got the interception, which you know was it an interception? Was it not? I don't don't really know. That's obviously a big game changer as well. But you know that the 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 kind of plays you're talking about where there was a guy wide open, they were all kind of goal line plays um, and obviously we avoided getting into those situations pretty much all of the second half until the last play practically so, you know, we're, we're kind of not letting them get down to those situations as well, um, but in terms of what changed you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure to be honest but obviously for a part of that second half it, it did improve The guys definitely seem to be getting to Josh a lot more and um looking at the, the defence obviously we've answered questions um, from some of the people that follow us about uh, Donald's sack totals ended up being being two rather than three um, but uh, you got a couple of uh, Morgan Fox got one didn't he um, Lloyd got one so I think they were all in the in the second half when things started heating up um, correct me if I'm wrong of course but uh, yeah they just seem to I mean, like you say, maybe the right men had to stick to the passing game because we started catching up with them, and they only seemed to have about a hundred yards in in the rushing game. So, whereas we stuck to that side, which set up our play action that you know paid off on the comeback, they sort of, I guess, kind of gave up on that and, and just let Josh do his thing. Uh, Rob, any any anything you saw in the game that saw the the change of flow apart from maybe the, some of the calls that we'll we'll get onto, but. Any any change in the way the guys are playing that you noticed? Yeah, I, I think there was a few things. I think, you know, you're, you're up 28-3. So the offence has then the luxury of maybe being a bit more conservative. So that, that maybe, they, they maybe slowed their own, their own offence where they weren't having to take the same kind of gambles they were maybe at the start of the game. You know, so they, they maybe kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit um, and, and maybe tried to kind of, like, kind of lean on their running game a bit more. Um, because uh, Devin Singleton did, didn't have a, first, a, first, a bad first half, to be honest, either. Um, but I think there was a number of things, you know. D- Daryl Henderson had an outstanding game for us, and as Jordan rightly said, we stuck with that. And then finally, it began to pay dividends because we, we spoke about Brandon Staley in, in previous games making adjustments at half time. I think the Bills' defence had to make adjustments at half time to, to think, right, where are the Rams hitting us? You know, what is working for the Rams? And, and that, the only real positive if we could take from that first half was that Daryl Henderson was looking terrific and he was getting tough yards up the middle so if, if they've possibly made some adjustments to maybe actually try and curtail that which has then allowed us to maybe open up some of the stuff that wasn't working you know like the end arounds and some of the passing game actually in the first half and I think it's all began to, it's all began to click off of Daryl Henderson's performance um, and, and taking on board that really the scheme that we run um, it, it does lean heavily on the run and with that working we finally got stuff going in the second half and we got some breaks as well so we did as for the defence though the, the defence in the first half looked horribly exposed all over all over the field um, as I say the, the read option was working very well for Buffalo and we looked to have no answer to it 
and the read off the read option is a horrible thing for a for a defense to try and contain because when that ball is snapped the quarterback doesn't even know if he's going to take off, whether he's going to hand off, whether he's going to pass. Um, it is such a luxury to have with a mobile guy like Josh Allen. So I think I think that was some of the factors. Um, so it was, but uh, I mean, to be honest with you, we, we, we certainly got the rub of the green with the interception. And uh, and I think we took our chances in the second half when it came along. Good stuff. Well, obviously, coming off of that, who who would you, one or two, you know, or, or as many as you like, who, who is the standout player's for yourself in this offense or defense, either way, uh, for you, Jordan, on our side, obviously. Um, I think Henderson's probably the obvious one. Um, you know, 100 and, 114 yards on 20 carries. Um, obviously got his, got his touchdown that put the Rams ahead um, briefly, but I think he's probably the obvious one. Um, although I think, you know, Goff, Goff had a really good second half, especially as well. Um, you know, he had a, a pretty bad interception in the first half, if we're being honest. But you know, he obviously he obviously came back from it. Uh, a couple of touchdown passes. Um, and I thought he, he just played well overall. And you know, I think it's probably hard to pick one out defensively other than Aaron Donald. Um, you know, th- three tackles for a loss, two sacks. It was. It seemed to be the only one that was really getting to Josh Allen and actually bringing him down at some points. You know, fairly because they've had about ten sacks, but. You know, ended up for, with with uh, with four on the day, so I think it's hard to give the defense much praise. To be honest, I think he's the hmm. only one that that comes out with with any any pass marks. To be honest, and when you when you watch back the game, he's it seems that every game that he's like a split second away from touching that quarterback as soon as they release it. So, you know, and there was. A, I can't remember which touchdown it was now. It might have been, I think, their second one where he was been a split second longer and he would have got to Josh. So he's always there and thereabouts uh, to get it. Um, Rob, thoughts on any uh, any raises on those two players, Goff, Donald, uh, Donald and uh, Henderson? Yeah, very much agree. I mean, I mean, those guys, particularly in the second half, I and mean, Daryl Henderson was fabulous from the word go. He was the one consistent, wasn't he? But one guy I would like to give a shout out to is actually David Edwards, um, who obviously came in in place of Joseph Noteboom. Um, this was his first full start. And if you look at some of the really big, or the really decent runs that Daryl Henderson got, it was it was tough yards up, really up the middle. Um, and I think David uh, David Edwards has actually slotted into that line very well. And I think actually had a very good game. And I think was very involved. You know, in that push in the middle where Henderson was getting the consistent yards. So he was, again, on on, on the defence, you know, I think you, I, I wouldn't point the finger at anybody. Um, Aaron Donald was his, was his, his usual disruptive self. Um, as I say, I think there was question marks all over, you know, the, the linebacker core and the secondary, you know, in spells. So it was. Um, but, uh, I mean, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, you know, again, had terrific games. Um, and I think Goff did a good job of spreading the ball around. So he did. Um, but uh, I, th- I think that's the kind of guys that stood out for me. Good stuff. I mean, for me personally, obviously you can't take, go too far away from what you already mentioned. Um, but Goff gets a lot of stick. We know that, especially with if the last few weeks, we've, or for the last few years, with Wentz comparison. Uh, which, funny enough, I saw um, he's the third, I think, number one pick to get to 15,000 yards. Fastest to get to 15,000 yards. So, so yep. he must be doing the same, right? But uh, now, just watching this game, like you mentioned the interception, which I mean, it wasn't like a ridiculous one, was it? Like in sense of you know, he threw it, <laughs> threw it to no one. It's apart from their play, it looked like it was to Jefferson, wasn't it? Uh, the interception. So I think it was quite uh, closely contested. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I've seen him throw worse, for sure. But the way I've looked at some of these plays where he moves around the pocket now and his awareness, especially that one where he would like had two seconds to react and dunk it off to, to Robert Woods, who then took it to the house. It's just, I mean, it would be so easy just to, you know, be a deer in headlights in that moment and just get the sack, and which he has done in the past. And he took a few... Two, a few licks like that in this game where he knew he was going to get hit, but he managed to, to get it out and uh, to the receiver. So I think there's a lot of people that need to maybe start changing their tune on um, what they think about Goff. He's definitely showing that sort of progression in his career, I think, for sure. But uh, talking about one of those guys, Henderson, at the running back, obviously he's had a great couple of weeks. Uh, do we see? I know it's only two weeks, but do we see him now with you know the couple of finger injury with Brown because of his he's hot right now? Would would he stay in the driving seat? Do you think, Jordan? Well, for, right- for now, yeah, but I mean, but I think we've kind of discussed that there's not going to be it's not going to be a guy in this this running back uh, room. I think I think ultimately they will wait for Acres to take the role full time just because of the draft capital that they've spent on him. But certainly for now, whilst you know, Brown was obviously affected by the by the injury because he's, you know, only seven carries. Um to be fair he didn't didn't go for many yards, only nineteen on the ground. But obviously that was affecting him. So I think certainly for, for this week you're gonna see probably Henderson get the majority of the carries again. Um Whilst certainly, whilst the Acres works his way back from his injury. Yeah, I guess we've we've I've saw McVeigh. Um, we'll get onto injuries in a bit, but mentioned that Acres is probably the only one that probably is not not going to play. So I guess there's a limited choice in that in the running back room who to go with. But uh, uh, Rob, so I mean, I know it's, uh, Jordan's pretty much covered it there, but uh, in terms of choice, but is he, is he looking at the guy that you might shove in first out of the two and? Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's done. He's done himself no harm, hasn't he? I mean, he's had two very good games. Um, I, I think it's it's it, again, like you know, that we spoke about. You know, the 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 Taylor Rapp um, uh, and Jordan Fuller situation. I think it's going to be a, hopefully a luxury we're going to have it in the backfield. You know, with uh, Daryl Henderson looking good. You know, Malcolm Brown, I believe, still has a lot of tread in the tires, and, uh, and we're hoping and expecting great things. You know, from uh, from Acres. So hopefully, it's going to be a real luxury to have these guys. And as say, we, if, if one unfortunately goes down, you know, we have we have quality and depth there, and that's that's such a luxury to have in this league. So, should we talk about some of the the players that changed the game? Um, there's two obvious ones: uh, one right at the end of the game, and one sort of in the middle that spurred things on for us. So. Johnson's interception. Now, Rob, was it? <laughs> well, I actually watched the highlights again today, and when I saw it, initially, as it looks to me, I thought the receiver's coming down with it. But but when I had a closer look at it, you see they almost come down with it in tandem. And I, I couldn't get a great angle at it. But I don't think that the receiver, when he got his hands to it, had full control. So I think they were jockeying for it as they were coming down. And I think Johnson had the better part, part of it when they landed. And I think that's why he actually gets the, 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 the INT call. So he does. But if you're, if you're asking me, uh, honestly, I think it looked to me to be 50-50. Um, the referees would have a better look, you know, at the replay, and uh, if it was contested, I think Johnson maybe just maybe just contested it a lot better, um, and maybe had more of the possession as they landed. For sure, I think 
Bills player and looked almost confused that Johnson was still fighting for it. Like, yeah. you know, I've, I've clearly caught this. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the thing was, he was actually called for offensive pass interference as well, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, so that would have been, you know, obviously uh, taken back a little bit and who knows where that would have led the game. But uh, Jordan, um, what did you think? Was it an interception? Or? Um, I think I'm just surprised they, they ruled it interception to begin with, certainly. Um, mm. There was one angle, it was kind of from on the sideline but behind John Johnson where it looked for a split second like the ball was out of the Bills receiver's hands. But how you know how they've called it on the field I don't really know um being honest when it first happened I looked away because I saw the I saw the push I saw the flag uh, I saw him catch it I looked away because I thought oh well pass interference goes back 10 yards play again but obviously that happened so I'm, I'm surprised they ruled it that way but you know it obviously worked in their favor that that particular call and it's one of those plays where the video evidence doesn't really help you. So that that ref's initial call is like so powerful in that moment that it's hard to overturn. So they must—I mean, someone must have seen a wobble or something that didn't seem like it was a full completion um, for him to rip that out. But uh, the other one, then this is what makes it harder because obviously you can imagine what social media was like with that that sort of call. And then what happens to us at the end? with the, the P.I. call against Darius Williams, that to me, it looked like it looked like the, the wide receiver... Who was the wide receiver at the time? Was it, was it Diggs? Sorry, no, no, I'm not sure. It's irrelevant anyway. So. Okay, well, yeah, it looked like he was pushing on our guy. Uh, I know there's, there was talk like if you carry... If the cornerback is holding on to the wide receiver longer than five yards and it's, you know, it's a flag or whatnot, but it looked like they were pushing on on Williams. Um, Rob, was it right? Was it wrong? It's a 50-50. Again, I had another look at it today, just just, just for the sake of the pod. It's a 50-50. If you want my honest opinion, I, I agreed with what Robert Woods came out and said, that you know the, the receiver's going into the defensive back. Um, but the, the defensive back knows that he can only have that contact for, a, for is it five yards, I think? So he then has the responsibility to break. So... It's it's a difficult one. If if I'm honest, I I I I, w- I wouldn't have called it. I I wouldn't have called it. I really I really don't think that 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 you know Darius Williams was the aggressor. Um, I think he found himself in a very difficult situation though. Um, and and it just didn't go for him. You know, it was one of those ones. It, it could have gone either way. I guess so some people would say that's like well not on such a big stage, but that's like our uh, our Saints call with uh, Nicole Roby for example, which from that point, it feels like it, we're not allowed to, not that we you know, would moan quite as much as they did about it, but it's almost like we're not allowed to because of that situation. I mean, th- does that come across the, from your experience on, online, Jordan, with, with calls like that, that go against us? No, well, I mean, I, I don't, first of all, I don't think it was the right call, but it's not, it wasn't, you know, we allowed two large third down conversions. Um, well, one third down conversion, and then I think we allowed what was it like a sixteen yard play to get to fourth and nine that the pass interference came Yeah, it was twenty five yards. That one was, I think. Well, it was, third, I think it was third and twenty five down to fourth yeah. and nine. So yeah. it's a sixteen yard completion. That's that's the reason that the Rams lost the game. They didn't lose the game because of the call. But in terms of 
you know, moaning about it. The slight difference from the Saints game was that the Saints still had time to do something about that call. Mm. The Rams basically had 15 seconds to yeah. try and get in a field goal position um, at the end of, at the end of this game. But you know, like I say, it's not. It's, a, it's week three, so it's not season defining. But you know, it wasn't. It's it wasn't the reason the Rams lost the game. It was poor defense leading up to that point. No, for sure. And as you mentioned, there's there was two big third downs. Uh, well, no, the, the twenty five was. You said it was a first down, wasn't it? Um, so no, well, they, there was a sixteen yard play that got them to fourth and nine, which then allowed them to open up the playbook and call a shorter pass, obviously, which caused the pi. Got yeah. And then earlier on, there was a uh, is another a similar situation, wasn't it? It was third and twenty two or something like that, I believe, which uh, they completed to Beasley, who managed to get. A first down from it, which I, I sent you guys a picture earlier. Rewatching it, just like just right in the middle of about five of our, <laughs> our defenders. Um, I mean, it's got to be that's got to be one of the, the plays that obviously turned it for them as well. So yeah, uh, any other points in the game other than what we mentioned that you think was good turning points, Rob? I, I think we've hit most of them, Aaron. To be honest, I think that, that's the kind of main points. So it yeah. is. Um, it's good to see uh, Donald ripping a ball out of someone's hands again. Yes, yeah, his usual dominant self. Um, it really was, particularly in that second half. You know, just again, just relentless. Um, you, you know, you just would love to have two of them, wouldn't you? He's just, he's just a, a, a such a, the most just escape me sometimes. You know, he's just such an, an oddity because there's nothing else as prolific as him in that league. Um, it would be, it would be so nice to have a really prolific you know, edge rusher to go with him um, because I think it would just pay dividends for that defence. And I think, you know, often Donald's negated, you know, with two or th- even three blockers sometimes. And I think then you see the, the weakness in the secondary because secondary can, can only hang on to receivers for so long um, if the pass rush is not getting there. And I think that, that was that was some of the woes that we had, you know, particularly in that first half. Cool. Any, anything to add to that, Jordan? No, I think, you know, the turnovers are obviously the momentum shifters, so I think we've kind of touched on them with the, the you know, the Donald sack fumble recovery, kind of one-man show there, so I think that was pretty much all. Good stuff, and one we mentioned earlier about an injury, um, talking about the running backs with Cab Akers, there was uh, Jordan Fuller came out with a shoulder injury uh, from that game, and from from what I've seen, he's making progress. Uh, he's questionable for today. They're going to check him out today for practice. Um, but it's positive signs, according to McVeigh, that he'll play. And also, Reynolds and Joseph Day had to be ankle tweaks, which but they should be good to go on Sunday, as far as I can see. Is it? Have you guys seen anything else regards injuries? No, no I just think what you, what you touched on there. Yeah, I think the issue, the issue we are recording at this time is because the Rams are in the West Coast. <laughs> Things come out later, so it's going to happen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, cool. Any last thoughts about the game? And then we can move on to our, our sad predictions, in my case, uh, of this week's. Uh, any last thoughts, guys? Yeah, no, I think we've touched on it all, guys. Just, you know, um, I think, you know, showing, showing the character that we did was, was great. And, you know, I, I really took that from the game. You know, to, in a game that I never thought we would, we'd, we'd have a sniff at, to show the kind of character we did to come back and almost win it, um, is, there's a lot of positive to take from it. Anything, Sean? No, I mean, just like you kind of touched on with the tweet that I'd sent out, this, what McVeigh said in terms of, you know, happier at 2-1 this year than there was at 3-0 last year. You know, I'd... 3 and 0 they get it was the the Browns game I think it was Sunday night football took the Rams to 3 and 0 
so it was, you know, what, half three, four o'clock over here and I'd kind of tweeted out, I don't know how good this, this team actually is, even though they're 3-0, because I wasn't that impressed with, with any of the wins. Um, whereas this year, even after a loss, I feel a lot better. So I think I think we still need to remain positive. Good stuff. Right, predictions from week three. Uh, as I've already said, I only got one right out of the, out of the five that, that happened. So we'll go through, obviously... All of us uh, got the got the first game wrong with Miami and Jacksonville. With Miami taking that, obviously uh, Jordan, you stuck with your guns with your season prediction and went with Buffalo, and you're the only one that got a point with LA yeah, Buffalo. Rather, obviously, rather not be right, but uh, <laughs> it's just my feeling. Yeah, so you uh, get a point there, and then uh, Dallas, uh, Seattle, Seattle uh, got the win there, and we all had Seattle. Green Bay, New Orleans was another one where we went different ways. Um, Tony got that right, and Rob got that right, and Tom got that right. And then there's Kansas City and Baltimore, which I haven't seen the game, but uh, have you have you guys seen the game at all? Was it a good one? The, uh, it was kind of the opposite of what I thought would happen. The really? Chiefs defense shut down the Ravens, and Mahomes walked all over the Ravens, which is kind of, based on what I saw from the Chiefs against the Chargers, I thought it kind of be the opposite, but there you go. Yeah, is that similar to you, Rob? But I've not actually seen the highlights, as I say, but I did read a little bit today, actually, on NFL.com. I was going to quickly actually ask you, Jordan, did you manage to see the two receivers running into each other for the Ravens? No, I didn't catch that bit, no. Oh, I just <laughs> catch it on NFL.com. It's, it's worth looking at, guys. You know, as I say, there's, it's just an absolute keystone cop moment, so it is. But the, the wee bit that I read, apparently they managed to uh, contain um, Lamar Jackson, um, keep him in the pocket. And they more or less said, you know, try and beat us with your arm. Um, and I think the defence was able to kind of really kind of contain him and, and, and close him down a wee bit. Four of us got that right. And me and Jordan sadly went the other way and got that wrong. So just to update everyone with the totals, uh, in front still is Jordan on 12. Uh, running up is Chris on 11, as is Tom on 11. And then Rob and me, are you on nine? You've caught me up, Rob. Uh- Catching you, Jordan, as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, you, it's got a lot closer now after that week. And uh, t- uh, Tony's still last on eight. <laughs> but he's, he's a little bit closer to, to myself, only getting the one. So, yeah, it's getting a bit tighter uh, in the predictions. So, should we move on to this Sunday's game against the Giants, where we return to SoFi Stadium, which is our second game uh, there this season and ever, I guess. Uh, in regular season so the Giants initial thoughts Rob I, I I think this has the capacity to get ugly for the Giants I I don't think they're a particularly strong team um, I had a look at the highlights of the three games today and the the first game against the, the Steelers um, they, they didn't play bad as I say they, they looked okay I think the, the only one of the issues they did have was uh, Daniel Jones, I think, had a fumble and an interception. Um, and it did, didn't quite get going in the second half and the Steelers kind of pulled away and won that one. Uh, the second game against the, the Bears, they were right in. Um, unfortunately, they lost uh, Shaquan Bartley, um, you know, the star running back and probably the biggest weapon on that offence uh, to an ACL, sadly, um, in that game. Um, but they kept themselves in that game right to the end and almost won it, actually, on fourth down with a few seconds to go. Um, in the fourth quarter, they had a pass batted down in the end zone. So, as I say, they, 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 they took a tough loss there. 
actually in, in week two. Um, but I think the the game against the 49ers last weekend there, they, they got blown out. Um, I think Mullins, you know, as we know, the 49ers are hurting a little bit just now with injuries. Um, but Mullins was, was able to come out and more or less shred the joints. Um, they didn't look good at all. And they, they looked very much lost in the ground. I think they brought in one of the free agents, uh, Coleman, I think, um, to replace uh, Shaquan Bartley. Um, I don't think he got anything going in the ground. Um, I think uh, Daniel Jones threw another couple of picks. And as I say, I, I, I just I, I think it's going to be a long year in New York. I think for both the New York teams, um, they're currently sitting 20, 20, sorry, 32nd and 31st um, in the, the depth in the, in the rankings. So they are. The, the Giants, the Giants have, have some weapons on offense. Um, as I say, there's, there's, there's injuries across the team. You know, they've lost a couple of uh, wide receivers. So they have, um, but uh, they've, 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 they've got guys there, you know, like uh, like Darius Slayton. You know, he he had three catches, 53 yards uh, against the 49ers. Uh, Golden Tate, you know, the, the former Seahawk. Uh, I think he's been a, been a few teams, certainly, you know. So, again, you know, a, a veteran, but a, a guy that will pull in a few pa- passes. Um, I think Evan Ingram's a decent tight end as well, so he is. Um, but I, th- I think that the... the, the the, maybe, maybe even the weaker side of the ball, I think, is the defense. There's, there's not an awful lot that stands out at me, you know, as in, as in, you know, kind of star players. I think they play very much and very well as a unit. Um, one thing they were able to do against the 49ers last weekend was shut down the running game. Um, most of the damage was done through the air. Um, so I think potentially for us, I think you know, I think golf could potentially have a big day um, in this one. And as I say, I think this could be a very comfortable win for us. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me that if this one gets away from the Giants early, uh, and again, we could potentially put up 30 or more points. As always, a really in-depth uh, look at the, look at the next game from Rob, which I'm thankful for. Don't get me wrong, I am thankful for. So, so Jordan, sorry for going to you second here, mate. But have you got anything you want to add, add about the Giants or uh, as initial thoughts? Um, no, I mean just pick up. It's, it was Devontae Freeman that the Giants signed um, as the Saquon Bartley. Well, not replacement, but certainly to try and pick yeah, up some yeah, of the slack. Yeah, um, well, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Coleman's at the, the 49ers. Um, that's up, that's up. Yeah, I mean, that's he obviously formerly of the Falcons, who, if you remember last year, Aaron Donald actually picked up off the ground at one point um, when he tried to try to fight him for some reason. Um, but yeah, no, similar. I'd, not particularly someone that, that likes to go full out and say, you know, it's going to be a win and everything, because I always find that stuff like that comes back to bite you. But, you know, people always call for trap games every year, and I just I just can't see it being a, even a trap game. I think this is, you know, it's a, a really poor Giants team. Um, Daniel Jones is yet to take the, the second, second year leap. Um, still looks pretty poor. You know, they, they, don't, have, they don't have many weapons um, there at all. And I think the fact that, you know, Nick Mullins has passed for 343 yards to, you know, not great name receivers on the 49ers, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, Jeff Wilson, Ross Dwelley, you know, these these aren't these aren't names that the, the casual fans gonna know. You know, these aren't big name guys. So the fact that he's been able to spread the ball around to them just makes me think McVeigh's gonna have a gonna have a field day with this one, to be honest. Let's hope so. And am I right in thinking that Daniel Jones is a, a similar quarterback to 
Josh Allen in the sense that he does like to run with it and uh, and so forth. Is he is he sort of same sort of maybe not same caliber and shown to be, but is he very similar, Rob? Um, I mean, or Jordan's coming. Out, yeah, no, he's it's not 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 particularly. I mean, he can run it if he wants to, but they don't design pass uh, sorry run plays like they do for Josh Allen. He can scramble if you get you know the line breaks down yeah. and you get pressure on him but he's not he's not a running quarterback similar to Allen I wasn't sure if he would have to change it a little bit with Barkley going out and sort of maybe relying on him to use his legs a little bit more than uh, than they would want to uh, or not but uh, it, it sounds like it should be a, a nice uh, a nice watch on 9 o'clock on a, on a Sunday <laughs> not to jinx it I think the schedule does get slightly easier quote unquote for us um, but like you say, there's often the, the trap game. Trap game, shall I say that this doesn't seem to be one. Who do you think from our side will take advantage of this, say, weakened Giants team, Rob? And from what I saw in the highlights, as I say, I, I think to be honest with you, I think our passing game, I think could could have a big day. You know, um, I, I think you know the, the, the backup quarterback from the 49ers, you know. Um, if 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 he can put up those kind of numbers, I, I don't see why why golf couldn't even emulate that, you know, and, and or even do better. So, I, I think that the potential is there. Um, I'm hoping that Daryl Henderson continues to have, you know, a, a a good start to the season. Um, but I, I think if, if golf spreads this ball around, like we know he's more than capable of, I think he could have a very big day. So we we're, we're going to bet on the over forty five point score, should we say? <laughs> If you're a betting man, <laughs> um, I, I think there's certainly potential there for for a lot of points to go on the board. I think you know, I, I think the Giants would only need to maybe lose one or two more. I think for the heads to go down, uh, I think they're looking at a very high draft pick. I think the next off season. What do you think? It's a quit quit season. Yeah, I, th- I think losing Shaquan Bartley, I think, has taken probably the life out of that offense. Um, th- Daniel Jones hasn't looked bad in the highlights that I watched. Um, as I say, and he has semi-mobile. Semi-mobile. He had he had uh, forty-nine yards on the ground against the 49ers So he's he's trying to make things work. Um, I think they've taken some hits at wide receiver, you know. So they have as well. So they've they've lost guys all over that offense. I I I don't I I can't see a scenario where where we lose this, particularly at home. Um, and as I say, I, I think that there could be big numbers through the air. That, that's how that's how it looks to me shaping up. Yeah, Jordan. Anyone you see having a maybe a splash in this game that's uh, going to take advantage of them? No, I mean you've got basically anyone in the wide receiver room. You know, could could have a field day um, if it goes the way that you think it's going to go. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think. It'd be interesting. I haven't watched the highlights from the Forty Niners game. It'd be interesting to see if they, you know, the Giants intentionally tried to stop the run to to make Mullins pass, and obviously he threw all over them. Or if the Forty Niners <laughs> had a bad day or whatever. But you know, obviously our, our offense is you know built off the run, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can at least keep that part of their defense up. But no, I think I think we should be able to win this one through the air. Good stuff and. Just looking at the the San Fran game, uh, they obviously one of our concerns was with the linebackers start of the season um, and the run the, uh, run defense, and they only actually ran for sixty six yards against the Forty ers which is uh, Daniel Jones forty nine of them. <laughs> so Freeman had ten yards from five 
five in, uh, attempts. So that doesn't exactly look promising for them in, in that part of the game if, if Dan's not a, a, a runner, a running quarterback. But um, yeah, hopefully hopefully it'll be a nice one that we can chin out and just enjoy seeing Goff toss it around to, to every, anyone he wishes. I know he'd be had a slightly quieter game um, and they got the two-point conversion against the Bills. But uh, maybe we'll see him scoring some touchdowns again in this one. But uh, one of the things we have seen in the last 24 hours that people seem to be getting more excited about is uh, the uniform talk. Uh, Jordan, do you want to update us with that? Yeah, well, it's just the they're wearing the yellow yellow pants as they call them over over in America, or yellow trousers, maybe we might call them. <laughs> yeah. Um, which you know, a lot of people, it's kind of back to the traditional Rams colours, if you like. The, it's going to kind of look like a modernised version of the the throwbacks that we're what we're used to and, and obviously loved. So, yes, yeah, so a lot of people um, on Fashion Watch were very happy about a few hours ago when they announced it, or last night, whenever it was. Yeah, <laughs> and some people really don't like the fade, do they? Cause I think these pants, pants, just seems weird saying that. Uh, these pants don't have that fade on the side. But, I mean, I know we've talked about the uniform on many occasions. It's never bothered me. Rob, I'm not sure if you've had the, ever had this conversation with us. Is, did the fade from white to yellow ever bother you? I'll be honest with you, I've been looking forward to this conversation on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to discuss pants. Um, to, to be honest, to be honest with you, I haven't been a huge fan of the new uniforms. Um, I, I love the helmet. I, I can, can I come around to the to the blue the blue shirt and, and the blue bottoms? You know we had in the last game. Um, not a massive fan of the bone. Um, it'll be interesting to see the yellow and the, and, and how the yellow and blue go. You know, for, from following following Rams of old, you know it was always that blue blue and yellow towards gold. So uh, uh, traditional colours for us. So hopefully bring us some luck. For sure, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I mean, we haven't touched on too much. It seems like um, everywhere across that that Giants team, there's an opportunity for us to take advantage. So, I mean, any any final thoughts on that game at all, Jordan? Um, no, I mean, the, I think the last time we played the Giants was um, McVeigh's McVeigh's first year, possibly. I think the score was fifty-one seventeen. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see something similar. Yeah. Rob? Uh, I, I think if Aaron Donald and Cole get to Daniel Jones early, um, I, I think this could get ugly early. Um, that's my thoughts on it. Um, I, I know I know any game can be a potential banana skin. I just don't think it's this one. Okay, good stuff. Well, let's move on to week four predictions from the Sky games uh, on this, this weekend and uh, tonight. Um, so... As we said before, Jordan is currently in the lead, so we'll see whether this, this, this uh, if it changes uh, after this weekend. Uh, so the first game we've got here is Denver versus. Oh, sorry, I keep saying I keep saying the towns. You guys keep saying the teams' names, didn't you? So it's the Broncos versus the Jets. Uh, we got Chris and Tom both going with Jets. Everyone else has gone for the Broncos. Uh, I'll just I'll just run through them, shall I, guys? You don't want to. The, the, the only thing I'd say quickly on that is, um, I'm assuming Chris and Tom haven't seen the Jets this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Tom's. I think Tom's pretty normally on it. I can't speak for Chris, <laughs> but, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see who's the smart one, won't we? At the end, end of, the, end of tonight. Um, Steelers and uh, Titans. Uh, we've got Chris is taking uh, the Titans, and so are you, Bob. And everyone else has gone with the Steelers. 
Well, we'll need to see with this. We'll need to see with this game. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. So I'm not. They might. They might um, fling another game in in that time slot. So we might need to change our predictions. Actually, just thinking about it. But we'll, we'll roll with this just now. We'll roll with this just now. Yeah, if we have to avoid it, I guess we could avoid it. <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. So uh, next game: uh, New England Patriots versus the Chiefs. I think everyone's gone with the Chiefs there. In fact, the next. Three games, everyone's gone the same. So everyone's got the Chiefs, everyone's got 49ers against the Eagles, and everyone's gone for Green Bay Packers against the Falcons. So that is in, and we will see what happens and tally them up like we do every week. So let's move on. Let's go to the questions, I guess, now, Jordan. Yeah, a few questions this week. I think we've possibly touched on some of them, but I'll I'll find ones that... So, you know, Charlie, for example, asking, do you think the John Johnson takeaway call was right? So I think we've, we've touched on that one. A lot of love for the, the yellow yellow pants slash trousers. Asking if we'd, we'd seen the announcement, etc. Got one from Neek, I think his name is. Apologies if wrong, because I'm obviously just reading it, not, not hearing it. So what are your thoughts on the, the pass rush, especially Samson Ebukam? Um, who's been quite a disappointment. How did they fix this? I think you're going to have to so, go Rob this one, mate. <laughs> yeah, Rob, what's your thoughts on that first? Yeah, t- to be honest, I, I said earlier, you know, it, it would be such a luxury just now to have, you know, an outside pass rusher to go with Aaron Donald. Um, I'm hoping to see more from Floyd. Um, Samson Abukum, yeah, been, been been really quite quiet. Um, I, there's, I, it's... It's sporadic after Aaron Donald, doesn't it? I know, I know Morgan Fox got him a sack this, uh, that, that uh, weekend there. So he did. Y- y- other than Aaron Donald, you don't really know where another sack is coming from consistently. And it doesn't it doesn't look to, look to be a, a, another consistent pass rusher there in the team. I'm hoping Floyd continues, to, continues maybe to improve um, and, and get more familiar with the scheme. Um, but but it's difficult. I, I, I don't see a prolific one on the team and I'm hoping maybe one of them does step up, guys. Yeah, so I mean, I think certainly after two weeks, I'm sure I remember the figures saying that they only blitzed 15% of the time, which obviously if you've not got, you know, elite guys that are going to beat their their blocker every time, it it makes things a bit more difficult. It's obviously part of the game plan to maybe be tighter on the back end. Um, But yeah, certainly, certainly, you know, Sunday they could have had 10 sacks. There was a lot of guys not finishing not finishing their sacks. And then, to be fair, there was one in particular, the, the one where Josh Allen got the face mask call against them. Um, Hollins, it was, who, you know, he kind of, he must have had a few players here and there, but Justin Hollins, who we, we signed um, just at the start of the season, you know, he was right there for a sack, and if not for the face mask that, that Josh Allen used on him, he probably gets a sack. And then not only that, he kind of blocked Aaron Donald using Justin Hollins as a kind of a, a, a block. So, you know, times like that, you know, he gets a 15-yard penalty, but you'd much rather have the sack in that situation. So just things like that as well didn't necessarily go their way. But, you know, you're hoping, I think I saw Terrell Lewis, um, one of the draft picks from this year, outside pass, pass rusher, put a kind of cryptic tweet up with the 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 timer, uh, the you know the oh god what is that called like the sand timer somebody help me out because that's quite embarrassing I can't remember that um, but you know he, he put he put that up 
Um, so possibly we're going to see him back this week. Obviously, you'd not expect him to take a full role. It would just be kind of situational. But, you know, maybe some fresh blood in there can, can help out because, yeah, the pass rush has probably been one of the most disappo- disappointing part of the team so far. Um, so, yeah, I think, think something needs to change there. If I can just add as well, I'm glad you touched on Terrell Lewis, uh, actually, Jordan, because he's somebody I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, obviously, you know, in college, this guy was dealing with some injuries as well. I think he previously had an ACL, didn't he? And I think there was there was a secondary a secondary injury that kept him out quite a bit as well in college. Um, the, the, I think the, the, the thoughts in this guy actually coming into the draft was that w- without the injuries, he potentially goes in the in the first round. Um, but obviously, with, with the injuries, you know, he, he dropped to ourselves, I think, in the third round, was it? So a guy, hopefully, that, you know, dealing with an injury just now if we can get him fit um, again I think he adds to our pass rush because they do believe there's a lot of potential in that guy and fingers crossed you know he, he can actually stay fit and start to progress because he, he certainly fills a need on that team for us because um, again another guy we drafted a couple of years ago uh, Aronko um, again sitting behind Samson and Bucum just now in the depth chart again we've, we've saw little bits but nothing really consistent so I think Terrell Lewis you know if we see some flashes early um, I think we could see more and more of them because it is such a need for us just now isn't it yeah definitely um, next question from Lewis um, which of the players we let go uh, this off season would you want back now the most so Aaron thoughts, thoughts on that one I'm bringing no value here. I literally have no thoughts on that. I think we, when we covered it week one, where a similar question came up, who would we have kept? And it's almost like, well, probably none of them. I mean, the best team's been pecked, picked out of them. So, uh, no, there's no one for me, unfortunately. Well, I think, obviously, the, the, the money's an issue. So, if you're saying money, no object, and I think the only one you can really say from my, from, from my point of view is going to be Dante Fowler. Um, again, maybe not necessarily the elite pass rusher. Um, I think when I looked at his sacks from last year, he got like 11 and a half, but they came in six games. But, you know, it's going to be better production than we're going to get from the, the guys we've got currently, um, I would say. So, he's maybe the only one. Obviously, he went for a lot of money. Um, don't know, 15 million a year or something like that. So certainly richer than the Rams could afford. But, you know, if we're kind of talking money, no object type thing, then he could he would be the only guy for me. Um, Rob, I don't know if you've anything to add to that. No, he took the words out of my mouth. I think he would certainly upgrade, you know, more pass rush at the moment, wouldn't he? Um, as I say, that that's the only one I think, you know, I'd bring back, you know, if money was no object at the moment. Yeah, so... Go to Jay Stodd next. Um, now that we've had what's been three good tests of where we are at in terms of the roster, what what would you say are the strengths and weaknesses on both sides of the ball? Um, that answer could maybe be the same as you know what we've had in previous weeks, but I'll, but I'll ask you guys anyway. And maybe the one to pick at the most here, will Sam Sloman or Samuel Sloman as he I think he wants to be called come good or is he a risk? Um obviously missed not a chip shot any by any means this time. It was a, a fifty three yarder, but obviously it's maybe a point that's not been talked about as much. That that three points is the difference in the game um at the, at the end. But um yeah anyway, sorry Rob. Strengths and weaknesses on both sides of the ball and then then the Sloman question. Um, I, I, do you know what? It's hard to find really any 
real glaring weaknesses on the offense. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing from the line. I like what I'm seeing from the passing game, and and I think hopefully we're going to be blessed with the, the three running backs that we have. So no real weaknesses on the offense for me. On on the defense, we we touched on there. You know, certainly the pass rush. You know, um, hopefully continues to improve. Um, I I would like to see um, Robinson, the big free agent we brought in as well, go uh, coming in. Hopefully, once he comes off injured reserve, if that, if that's going to happen. Um, th- I think that was certainly both of the line and certainly both of the run defense, and we, we we saw some issues, you know, with the passing game. I think you know there's 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 certainly weaknesses. I think in the secondary, uh, I don't think Taylor Rapp is going to be a hundred percent yet, and I, I think ho- hopefully again he'll find some of the form he had last year and continue to progress. Um, but certainly yeah, p- pass rush and and as I say maybe. A, but more quality in the secondary, I think, certainly maybe behind Jalen Ramsey. I'm, I'm a fan of Troy Hill, um, but really after that, I, I, I don't know. Just just what faith I have in the depth there. So I, I think when, you, when you're when you looking at prevent defences, particularly nickel and, def, uh, nickel and dime defences, um, maybe not the strongest defence we can put on the park at the moment. Yeah, I think just going on to Troy Hill, I think he's kind of, his role's been changed in the new defence. He seems to be playing slot um, slot corner a lot more and it doesn't seem to be his best role. I think he's getting picked on quite a bit. Um, I mean, last year he was, he was pretty good. Um, and obviously playing playing as the Rams' number two corner, it can be a bit of a, a, bit of a difficult task because you're going to get games where opposing offences just don't want to look Jalen Ramsey's way. So you're going to see a lot of targets. Um and last year he done pretty well, but I think in the slot he's been picked on a little bit. So I don't know if that's something we'll maybe see change um, in the in the in the future in the coming weeks. But yeah, pretty much. I mean, outside the pass rush, I, we've kind of spoke about the linebackers. <laughs> I still don't know. It's still a little bit early to judge. If you were talking about defense as a whole, I think certainly missed tackles is something that we're seeing a lot of. Um, we saw a lot of it in week one. Week two, it kind of got better, but I think last last game against the Bills, there we saw a lot of it again. Um, unfortunately, whether that's down to you know the lack of preseason, lack of full training camp or whatever, then then we don't know. But you know, it's certainly something that we're hoping um, picks up. And in terms of Sloman, he's certainly a worry, but I think he he gets a pass against the Bills just because it's a, like anything over 50 yards you know you're, you're it's not a get well you know it's easy for me to say sitting on the, the couch but you know if anything over 50 yards isn't exactly a gimme so you know if, if he continues to miss the shorter ones you know obviously missed like he's missed an extra point missed a 29 yarder or something like that you know if we, if we see that continue then I think you know we need to look at other options because although the, the schedule is you know, an inverted commas, you know, easier the next few weeks until the bye week. You know, when once you get into that second half of the season, we've got five divisional games. We've got Buccaneers, um, the Patriots. You know, but all in that second half. You know, we can't be can't be passing up those easy three points because that could be the difference in some of these games. Um, to be honest, so but, Aaron, anything, but, you know, even on Sloman. We just, well, 
Yeah, yeah. Just, just can add my two sentences slow and so was Jordan, if you don't mind. Yeah, just to say, you know, the, the guy was a seventh round pick and, and kickers often go that high. Rookie kickers are going to miss kicks. It's You're right, it's when it starts to become a problem. It's, it's when you're not seeing the consistency, you know, from distances that he should be making. Um, I, I think he's, he's missed one or two. I wouldn't say the spotlight's on him yet, um, but I think if he continues the way he's going, um, as you say, that three points could have been the difference in that game. Um, they'll, they'll certainly be glancing over him because kickers can often come and go if they, if they start to look very inconsistent. Yeah, well, Dad, to be fair to Sloman, I'm just looking at his stats against others. He's 9 for 10 on uh, PAT, and he's 4 for 4 at 30 to 39 yards, and he's missed a 20 to 29, only one. Yeah, he's only had one attempt on that, and he missed that, 20 to 29 yards. And the only other one was a 50-plus, which is obviously in the Bills game. Uh, he missed that one. So, obviously, we're only three weeks in, but... Uh, just comparing him to some of the others, he's not, you know, he's not as bad as as people might be thinking. Is all I'd say. Um, but yeah, you know, down the road you'd have to see. I know initially they were worried about his kicks being quite low and potentially being blocked uh, when we played the Cowboys. Um, I know that was initial on one of them. But yeah, looking at the stats, he doesn't look too bad. Maybe it's just um, too soon to to judge just yet. I think maybe another side of it where we never really had to talk about it all that much because Greg Delay could boot it out the end zone for the most part. But some of his kickoffs are a bit suspect. Um, though I'm not sure if that's the coach's decision because some of them seem to be pretty short and we've had a couple of big returns on us, which is obviously something that we haven't necessarily saw in previous years. But you know that could be the coach saying kick it a bit shorter and we'll try and try and obviously tackle them before the 25 because if you take the touchback it's out to the 25 anyway so maybe that's another part to look at as well because that was certainly something that when he was selected over the other two guys they, they talked about his kickoff um, as well so it's just another part of the, the kicking game that maybe we've not had to look at but you know it's just as vital I suppose um, yeah but in terms of questions I think a lot of them have been answered within the the pod itself or even on Twitter before we've had the chance to answer them on here. So I think that's that's probably got us for the week. Fantastic. So just uh, finish off there. Obviously, you don't have to, but Rob, any final thoughts on, well, on the game coming up or just about the team um, in general? Yeah, no, I, th- I think I think I've really given my, my two cents on it. I see, I, 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 I do see a, a win. I see a comfortable win for us as well. And fingers crossed that's the case, guys. Okay, Jordan. No, I mean just reiterate the point that hopefully doesn't come back to bite me that you know I think I think we should be 3-1 this, this time next week uh, the Rams are a 12 and a half point favourite on Sunday I'd say put your house on it <laughs> you heard it here first you can blame Jordan if you lose your ass um, okay well we'll leave it there then so this uh, this week's game is uh, not on Sky uh, so you can catch it on game pass and it's at 9.05 I have it down so uh, yeah hopefully it's a good game for us and you can sit back and uh, not be on such a roller coaster that we were on <laughs> although enjoyable that we had this Sunday okay guys well until next week uh, have a good weekend and uh, speak to you soon bye